Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson Razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. From the home of TV news, interviews and reviews, this is The Custard TV Live. It's The Custard TV Podcast. I am Luke, joined as always by, I'm going to call you my faithful companion. Does that sound a bit superhero-ish, Matt? Sounds a bit patronising. We'll we'll (laughs) stick with that then. My faithful (laughs) companion, Matt, is here as well. But we are joined today by a very special guest, uh, the executive and founder of Red Production Company, Nicola Schindler. Good afternoon. Hello. Is, is, is that the correct title for you? You know, I'm not really into titles, so whatever you want to call me is absolutely fine. I do okay, the executive okay. producing, and I guess I'm the chief executive, but who cares? In, in case you're not overly familiar with Red Productions, their most recent successes include Scott and Bailey for ITV and Last Tango in Halifax for BBC One, both up for BAFTAs in May. Yes, against each other. Yeah, so what, it's win-win, surely, but yeah, it should be interesting. What inspired you to get into television initially? Um, and it was never television that I was aiming for. It was always working with writers. I've always been really interested in drama and scripts and books and storytelling. And I gradually worked out that my ideal job was as a script editor. I worked that out by working for two years in the theatre. I originally thought I wanted to be a theatre director. But working two years in the theatre put me off. Although I had a brilliant time, and it was at the Royal Court Theatre, which was the home of new writing. So I worked with, you know, I, I, I wheedled my way into the script department and did some work there. And then eventually applied for a job at the BBC as a script editor and ended up with a job as a trainee script editor. So it was more for me about the opportunity to work closely with writers rather than to work in telly specifically. Although I've always loved telly and watches it, watch it avidly. I started at the BBC as a trainee script editor. And then right. went over to Granada to work on Cracker after a year at the BBC. I'm so envious you worked on Cracker. That is still one of my all-time favourites. What was that like as, as a, a place to sort of cut your teeth? It was astonishing. It was amazing and very. I was incredibly lucky. Um, both to work with Jimmy McGovern when he was working on that series was just phenomenal to watch and to listen to and to contribute to. And also the people I was working with at Granada were really quite amazing. It was like the tail end of when all that creativity that came in the 60s and and it had carried through. There was a woman called Sally Head who was running the drama department who was just fantastically inspirational. And Gub Neal was the producer of Cracker and he was very reaching for the stars and pushing people to achieve and be better. And the great thing as a script editor was Jimmy made up those stories. You know, there was no such thing as police procedure. No one cared about any of that. It was all about the why. It was all about the psychology of crime. But really, it was about the psychology of all of us. And he was just using those crimes to to say some things that he feels very passionately about. So it was an incredible experience. So what is an average day like for you then? Um, Very different every day. 
today I came in and we had a massive development meeting, which is when all our development team um, get together, all the script editors, uh, the head of development, the head of comedy, and we sit and we talk through everyone we've met, everything we've watched on television, who we should be following up from those things, every book we've read, which books we should be looking at. We talk through all everything on our slate and what we should all be doing. And we do that about once every two weeks. Yesterday was completely different because I was in the edit all day. Uh, we're editing a pilot for Sky. So we are working through loads of different ideas, trying lots of things out. And we had a meeting for, a storylining meeting for the episode five and six of Last Tango. Um, the day I was in London, you know, it really changes day to day. So you say you sort of talk about programmes you you were watching. How yeah. important is it that, that something you make is something that you enjoy? Does that come into it, that it, it has to be something that you would sit down and watch yourself? Yeah, I think so. Even if it isn't in the genre that I would usually watch or for the age group, for me, I think I have to like it. Otherwise, it's very hard to sit and work on it as intensely as I do and, and watch it that many times that I have to in the edit and the sound edit. So, But it's not that I make it for me. But it, I have to think it's good. And what are the more difficult programmes? That I, I would imagine the more controversial programmes in the early days, Queerest But Folk and The Second Coming. Did you have any reservations about that? Did you have any struggles about getting them off the ground and getting them on the screen? Two different questions. Absolutely no yes. reservations about uh, any of them. Because for me, Queerest Boat was a really important story. It was a beautiful story. It was about unrequited love. It was about friendship. It so happened to be set in the world of gay um, Manchester and sex was part of it. And it featured a boy who was 15. But that was, that was a byproduct of the story for me. That wasn't why we went out to do it. Uh, so I never had any reservations about it. And we never had any trouble getting that made either. That was literally, Channel 4 suggested that Russell write something where the gay characters are the main characters rather than the subplot, which is what he'd always done. And they put it on air and they never troubled us and they never wanted to censor anything. It was very, very straightforward. With the second coming, um, I never doubted at all that we should be making it because it was a fantastic story and brilliant scripts. I was more aware of the second coming that there would be an outcry and there would be more people who were offended by it. Um, but that never stopped us, and it was tricky. It was a tricky thing to get commissioned because it was originally at Channel Four, and they couldn't see the they couldn't see Russell's philosophy on life, so it ended up. But then, as soon as they rejected it, ITV took it incredibly quickly, even though it shouldn't be on ITV in so many ways. So you know, we were lucky with that as well. Over the past years, then, I mean, Reds had a lot of successes. Are there any that really surprised you that have sort of taken off as much as they have? No, it, everything's a surprise and everything's a disappointment because when you set out to make something, you want 20 million people to watch it. You don't just want 2 million or 3 million or whatever it is. So every, so I never know who's, you know, what's going to go down brilliantly, what isn't going to go down. I have to go into it thinking this is brilliant and 20 million people need to watch it. Um, so it never, it never occurs to me that... You, no, I never think, wow, isn't that brilliant? I'm surprised. I think with Last Tango has surprised me in the way people have taken it to the heart. Because we've had this incredible reaction where it's hit people so personally. People have written to us saying, I've got in contact with an old flame and we're now getting married kind of thing. Really, quite literally that. So I don't think we've probably had such a personal reaction. But having said that, we did. We, with Queer as Folk, we had so many young boys writing to us to, saying, thank you, you've changed my life. I know how to... I, you know, I can feel I can be honest and everything. So, yeah, it, any reaction is good reaction, really. 
Uh, but you've worked with uh, several writers on different projects, Paul Albert, Russell T. Davis, and Sally Wainwright. Mm-hmm. Is that because you've built up a relationship with them or the stories have been good? How do, how do you form that relationship with writers? I've met them all in different ways, actually. So uh, with at the very, very beginning, I met Paul and Russell, and I met Paul because he took over Cracker as a producer. So I met him years before that, and so we'd met each other, we'd talked casually, we'd always thought, oh, we should work together, we'd got on. So when I set up Red and Paul had a development deal at the BBC, his first project was going to be clocking off, so he came to me with that. And with Russell, I met Russell very glamorously in New York at the Emmys, and um, uh, just oh, I just got on brilliantly with him. I always liked his writing. When... I, when I went, when I set up Red Channel Four, said I oh, would be, be interested in doing something with you, and they'd be interested in doing something with Russell. So we got together, and within two months, we were making Crow's Boat. So that happened very quickly. I was introduced to Sally through Russell, actually, who said, "Oh, you should meet Sally. She's with my agent. She's brilliant. He'd see, he'd seen all her Coronation Streets, and so she came. And I think if you're asking the reason why I rework with people again and again is because yeah, once you've got a relationship that works, once you've made programs you're proud of. Once they they know how important you are to the process, they'll co- and they know how you respect their writing. Hopefully, people come back. How much time do you, do you get to spend on on finding the next generation of Paul Abbotts and Sally Wainwrights? And I don't get enough time, but I have people who do that. You know, like I said, our development team is constantly looking for that. The problem is that um, people like Sally and Paul and Russell used to come through soap. So by the time they they wanted to do their own material, they had already had years of training, a really rigorous training. So they understood production, they understood deadlines, they understood structure. Now, even if we do find people who are brilliant, they often have done a play or started writing their own films or done a short film. So it's trickier to to find people to make that leap with. It's not impossible, but it is harder now because they don't tend to write on soaps anymore. Is it the direction things seem to be going, that there are, f- there are fewer ways for new writers to start? Um, do I don't think there are fewer ways, but I think people have less respect for those genres. So Sally and Russell, for example, probably less so poor, but grew up watching soap. You know, they grew up, they're absolutely television people. There's a little bit of snobbery now against television and against soap, and, and that you know, you speak to people who are 21 and say, I'm waiting to make my first film. And you kind of think, they haven't done the work. They haven't put in those hours. To me, you should um, always put, you know, work in your genre, learn to understand it, understand every aspect of it, and then get that first gig. I'm very much a TV person. Why do you think people are, as you, you use the word snobbery, and I think that's possibly the right word, why do you think there is that sort of t- TV comes second to film? I'll never understand it personally. Do you have any idea as to why that might be? We could get really political, but I think that I think within media, within the media, there there is a very middle class bias, and I think within middle class, university educated, all those things which I am, but but for some reason I love television. But there is like that emphasis that film is the place you want to be. And for the first five years of me setting up Red, all any journalist would ask me is, "And when are you going to do films?" As if I had to want to move on to films rather than understand that I was very happy in the genre that I'm in. So what do you think of the state, the current state of uh, British TV, in particular in, in, terms of, in terms of drama and comedy, I think there's loads yeah. of brilliant new stuff. I think, you know, 
you can see from people's reaction to Broadchurch, you can see from people's reaction to Last Tango, or there's brilliant new comedies coming through like Plebs or Bluestone 42, whatever it is, I think there's a really good amount. I think it's in a really healthy place. I think, you know, people have become, have had to go back to basic creativity because there's a lot of lack of money, and I think it's really benefited. And what about the social media side? Is, is that something that you that interests you, that people can now talk about TV almost instantly? Yeah, no, I like watching Twitter while our programmes are on. Although it is a bit annoying because you do want to say concentrate. And it's very hard to stop getting involved in conversations as well. thought is always that if you're... For example, if you're watching Scott and Bailey and you're Mm -hmm. Twittering during it, then you're not really watching Scott and Bailey, are you? No, but I think there's some people people can because they do it with every programme now, don't they? But when people don't understand the plot of things... Or, or saying something about a character that's wrong, I so want to correct them, but I have to stop myself. Why I don't is that? Just, just for your own self, because you would go on and on, or because you don't feel I like don't you should? It's to get involved in those conversations, really. You know, I don't know, it feels wrong somehow. Also, I'm a snooper rather than a joiner. So. <laughs> so you're always there in the background watching. Yeah, watching. but never actually saying anything. Watch out what you're saying next time. Then. That's worth remembering. That's very much <laughs> worth remembering. I mean, you moved into comedy recently with things like Heading Out. Is comedy something you would like to uh, see Red going more towards, or are you happy on the drama? Oh, yeah, no, definitely. No, we're really interested in it. We, we are also just about to start filming an ITV series called Cabbage and Pat, um, which is a comedy. Uh, out and out comedy, very funny. Really, I'm really, really proud of that. We did a pilot for Sky uh, for the their Love Matters series that just went out, a comedy pilot, and we are we have got a lot in development with all the companies uh, for comedy. So it's something we're actively pursuing. And as far as um, ratings, I mean, how how important are they to you? Is it more that the program you make is 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 of a good standard, or are you still looking at those ratings? wanting higher. I mean, Scott, um, Scott and Bailey and Last Tango got massive figures. They did, but you always want more. And yeah, no, I do want um, I do want huge ratings, not for, like, any other reason other than I've spent all my time making it, so why would I want only 20 people to watch it? You know, you really, you put your life and soul into something, you want everyone to watch it. And it helps, it helps for recommissions as well, obviously. I speak to a lot of TV people, and it always surprises me that they don't watch TV. They seem to find it as a bit of a busman's holiday, but it's obviously important to you to keep up on what is becoming popular and yeah. things Yeah, like I watch that. every single comedy and drama that comes out, and I believe that anyone who works in a genre should do the same. I don't watch every episode, and I might hesitate, you know, have my finger over the fast-forward button, but I make sure I know what it is, and I know what it's about, and I know whether I'm interested in it or not. Was there ever a time then when it felt like when all those reality shows were on, like TV was turning away from written, scripted drama and comedy? Did you ever feel that at any point? Uh, uh, no, because there always was comedy and there always was drama at those times. There was a lot of talk about reality TV. I think I worried that people were reacting by commissioning drama, which was so high concept, which tried to match those um reality shows rather than what people really want to watch which is not more low-key but sometimes domestic sometimes murder not always high concept and I think for a while television did do that and that was quite depressing but I do think it's back now looking at what's best I think really the truth is if there's something brilliant a great script it'll get made in the end both Scott and Bailey and uh, Last Tango were in development for very very many years 
but, and the third series was sort of the ratings haven't been massive, but I, I think a lot of that is to do with the leading. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know at this early stage whether we, we're going to be seeing more Scott and Bailey? Or, it's looking good, but nothing confirmed. Is it good? We need it. I'll be yeah. knocking on your door if that <laughs> get confirmed. Well, could you knock on Ice now and tell them you need it? Well, I've been telling them through Twitter, but I will make. I'll make. Well, I'll make this my next call. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so, Much appreciated. Uh, as far as Last Tango, you're, you'll be fil- are you filming that yet, or are I've you about to that. film it? We're, uh, Sally's written four scripts already, which are stunning pieces of work, really amazing. So we're really excited to start filming that again. And I have been lucky enough to, to speak to Anne Reid a couple of times, who has said to me most recently that she's never had a reaction to something like she received with Last Tango. I know, it's um, great. How does that make you feel? That must make you feel fantastic. Really, really fantastic. It's brilliant to have touched a nerve, whatever it is, got to a place, given people something that they felt they really wanted rather than forced it on them. It's a brilliant feeling. It worried me when it... Because it was originally going to be on in the summer, I think, and then they pushed it back. But I think actually the Christmas time was absolutely right for it. Is is that, do you think, where it will be going? I hope so, yeah. yeah. Obviously, yeah. I'm not in charge of scheduling. No. And never change it BBC One, so who knows? Brilliant. Well, thank you ever so much, Nicola. I really appreciate your time. That's a pleasure. And the latest Custard TV podcast will be available soon from the website. You can always get the latest TV news and reviews from the custardtv.com. We're going to do it pointless style, right, Matt, here. Ready? Bye from Matt. <laughs> goodbye. And goodbye from me. For all the latest TV news, reviews, and interviews, check out the Custard TV. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.